Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 19 of Genesis chapter 7. And we're going to begin reading in verse 17. And the flood was forty days upon the earth, and the waters increased, and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. And the waters prevailed, and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. I'll stop reading there. In these verses, God is telling us um, the effects of the flood, that it was 40 days upon the earth. He doesn't say 40 days and 40 nights. I'm not sure why not. But uh, in the other two places where he does speak of 40 days and 40 nights, he uh, does so in connection with the rain. Here it's a different word. It's the word flood, the word that identifies primarily with the flood of Noah's day, the the deluge that destroyed the earth. We know that 40 has to do with testing and judgment. And so it's judgment day for the first earth. And the flood is 40 days upon the earth And this must be referring to the 40 days of rain. For some reason, the Lord is signaling out that 40-day period, even though we know for sure that the floodwaters continued to rise and prevail for five months, and and the flood itself was on the earth. Uh, The earth wasn't fully dry from it until a year later. But, again... The Lord is emphasizing the first 40-day period, and it was a flood 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased and bare up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. So the water, the rain, continued to fall. The water from beneath continued to come up, and the level of the waters continued to rise and increase continually throughout, especially that 40-day period of heavy rain day and night. And and this served to bear up the ark. It's like the ark was in dry dock, and then they flooded the place where the ship was and until there was sufficient water to bear up the vessel. And, and the ark was built on dry land, but Then the flood brought the water, and the water continued to surge and to rise. The ark was an enormous vessel. It would have been very heavy and would have required a certain amount of water to lift it up. And God provided the water with the flood, and it was lift up above the earth. It began to rise. Now, this is one reason why the Bible tells us that they were saved 
by water. In 1 Peter 3, it says in verse 20, which aforetime, King James says sometime, but it's better translated aforetime, which aforetime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. And then the next verse says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. The water is said to have saved the eight souls. And we're reading the historical account. It, it lifted them up above the earth. The, the water was destroying everything outside of the ark. It was killing everything with the breath of life and destroying it, except for the people in the ark. It served to elevate them, to exalt them, to lift them up. And this is one reason why the water is such a good picture of the Word of God, because the Word of God is a two-edged sword. It brings condemnation and wrath to the unsaved people of the world, but to the saved, to God's elect, it brings deliverance and salvation. And with the historical action of the water physically, literally lifting up the ark, and and it kept going higher and higher, the more it rained, the more God poured out his wrath with the water, well, the more it served to lift up these eight souls within the ark, pointing to the elect that are in Christ. And, and, and so the way the Bible views the judgment of the flood is that it was a victory for God, his word, and his people. And we can see that based on the language of the following verses. Look at verse 18. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. Verse 19. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And it says at the very last verse in this chapter, verse 24, And the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days. The the word prevailed is used again and again. It's an interesting word choice by God. And of course, God did choose that word because the whole Bible is the word of God. And just as when a man speaks, we choose our words. Sometimes we may not even think about it. That's a problem with many people as they speak without uh, thinking. Uh, is is what I'm saying um, obedient to, to God? And, and the constraints have been lifting off man's tongue today. But still, man selects, man chooses his words, so does God. And God chose the word prevail, and he, he used it four times, I believe, in these verses to describe what was happening with the waters of the flood. 
the waters of the flood prevailed. It's used in association with the waters in verse 18. The waters prevailed. Verse 19, the waters prevailed. Verse 20, the waters prevail. And verse 24, the waters prevailed. In each case, it's the waters. It's not Noah. It doesn't say Noah. It doesn't say the eight souls prevailed or even the ark prevailed. But the waters prevailed. And they prevailed, um, verse 18, upon the earth. In verse 19, the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. And in verse 20, um, it says the waters prevailed. It doesn't say upon the earth, but does say the mountains were covered. And then verse 24, and the waters prevailed upon the earth. So, so God is telling us, number one, the waters prevailed. And secondly, who they prevailed against. The earth, the mountains, all the high hills. The waters prevailed upon the earth is the strong emphasis made in these scriptures. And again, God chose the word prevail, even though that's a word that would be more apt to be used in connection with a battle, with with um, warfare, when enemies meet each other on the battleground. For instance, it's the same word that's used in Exodus 17 and beginning in verse 10. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And that was a historical battle between these two nations that the Lord worked out uh, in order to teach a spiritual truth that when Moses had his hand raised that Israel would win and when he got tired and his hand came down, Amalek would win. So they took a stone and put it under him and bore up his hands. And then Israel prevailed. They won the battle. They defeated the enemy. Now, on on the other hand, it says in Lamentations chapter 1, and Lamentations is the little book, the accompanying book that goes with Jeremiah that describes the defeat of the people of God at the hands of their enemy. Um, as, as God gave them up, it, it typifies the destruction of the churches. It says in Lamentations 1, verse 16, For these things I weep, mine eye, mine eye runneth down with water, because the Comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me. My children are desolate, because the enemy prevailed. And and that was the character of the 23-year Great Tribulation. Satan, Babylon, The forces of Satan prevailed over the church. They overcame the camp of the saints. They were victorious. They were the winners. And the enemies of God and his kingdom prevailed 
over the corporate church according to the purpose and will of God. Now, it says in Isaiah 42, using uh, this same word, prevail, in Isaiah 42, verse 13, Jehovah shall go forth as a mighty man. He shall stir up jealousy like a man of war. He shall cry, yea, roar. He shall prevail against his enemies. So God permits Satan to win when judgment begins at the house of God. Yes, and it certainly seems as though Satan and his evil forces have won. They're victorious, but it's only to accomplish the will of God. As the Lord looses Satan to accomplish the purpose of destroying the church. Therefore, Babylon prevails. The world prevails for 23 years in a mighty way, like never before in history. But then comes the end of the Great Tribulation, when immediately after, uh, no waiting of any kind, immediately after the Tribulation, the sun is darkened, and the judgment now transitions from the church to the world, to Babylon. Babylon that has um, overcome and conquered and been victorious over the outward representation of the kingdom of God now falls because God's no longer using it to destroy his church, the corporate body. Now comes the time of their reckoning and Babylon falls. Its image is shattered. It comes under the fierce anger of God. It's time for it to drink the portion of its cup and so forth. And so God makes a special point, a special point because for, for years, 23 years, Babylon has been the winner. For instance, in Revelation 11, it says in verse 7, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. Or it says in Revelation 13 concerning the beast, in verse 7, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. He he was winning, winning, winning throughout the entire Great Tribulation. And then comes May 21, 2011, because that's the date the Tribulation ended, and the date the transition took place from judgment on the church to judgment on the world. And it's the date... May 21, 2011, that identifies with the beginning day of the flood. 17th day of the second month is when the flood began and the waters began to fall. And what do we read in Genesis 7? The waters prevailed. The waters prevailed. The waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth. God is trying to be clear to avoid confusion, especially since he's describing a spiritual judgment. 
and based on what the natural eye observes or or what we saw with our physical eyes on May 21, 2011, nothing happened, nothing changed. And ever since, we would say things have been getting worse in the world, worse in the church. Satan, we would think, is still winning, still overcoming the saints, still unbeatable. It's the time of his power. It's the time of the power of darkness. And we would be absolutely wrong, completely wrong. We would be far away from the truth. That's why God, uh, uh, you know, I don't know how the Lord could emphasize this much more than he's doing here. The waters, the word of God, the word of God is what has brought judgment. It's through the the revealing of the scriptures that God brought judgment on the churches. It's through the revealing, the opening of the understanding of the scriptures to the minds of his people that God is bringing judgment on the world or making his people aware of that judgment. And, And so the waters prevailed. He wants us to know that. The waters prevailed upon the earth. The earth, the earth. Remember that overwhelming emphasis in Isaiah 24 when judgment upon the earth was in view. The Lord kept repeating, the earth, the earth, the earth. Uh, The inhabitants of the earth are burned. Few men left. The Lord wants us to know that judgment began on the 17th day of the second month and the word of God has won. The word of God has prevailed and been victorious, has overcome and conquered. The word of God has defeated Satan and his kingdom, which is the world, the earth. The the kingdom of Babylon is all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. When we read the waters prevailed upon the earth, It means the word of God has prevailed upon all the wicked people, the unsaved inhabitants that occupy the earth. God has defeated them. He defeated them on the day he said he would, May 21, 2011, is when the waters of the wrath of God or the word of God uh, uh, began to bring judgment on all of the unsaved occupants in the world. When God shut the door of heaven, when the tares were were bundled and cast into the fire, when the image of the beast was shattered, all occurred at that point, and the waters continued to rise, and all the high mountains and hills of the earth were submerged. They have come under the waters... The waters have risen above by 15 cubits, three times five, indicating the purpose of God regarding the atonement for the wicked people of the world, the the atonement that they are now fulfilling or actively involved in. They are making atonement for their own sin. They have become their own sacrifice offered up to God for their sin. 
and every sacrifice is a picture of God's wrath and judgment upon sin. So as God is pouring out his wrath, he is consuming the sacrifice of each unsaved individual in the world. And and that's why it's important that the wooders were told rose up so high that every everything on the earth, the highest mountain was covered. Uh, we'll uh, maybe look at that in a little bit to see the significance of that, that, that everything in the world was covered. But again, you know, when God's people are going through difficult times, grievous times, uh, times of severe testing, and we have been since that date, and when the world is uh, casting off all constraint as though they never heard the word of God, the Bible, before with, with the things that they're thinking and doing and saying, and, and things are just getting worse and worse in the world, we should not think that's an indicator that Satan has won, but actually it's an indicator that the world is under the wrath of God. And they are experiencing the punishment for their sin. And part of that involves the abounding iniquity and the losing sight of basic morality. Just consider what happened to the churches once God's Spirit abandoned them. They went further and further astray until some churches became unrecognizable as as Christian or, or the name of a Christian church. And, and so it is with mankind that had, again, um, adhered to basic morality due to God's uh, spirit constraining sin in the world, holding it back. But now it, they're given up. And this is not a good thing for the world. It is part of the world's punishment. On May 21, 2011... The Bible was victorious. The kingdom of God was victorious. The Lord Jesus Christ was victorious because at that time all the elect, all whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life to be saved were saved. God completed his salvation program and, and certainly that was a victorious act when the Lord Jesus finished ransacking the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness, finished translating the last one of his people out of that place and into the kingdom of his dear son, that was the winning of the battle. The battle raged for the souls of these elect over the course of time as it worked out in this world. Uh, God um, seeking the lost sheep and Satan attempting to resist him at every turn. He would not let his prisoners go free. But God freed everyone that belonged to him and, and therefore he worked out perfect salvation. He completed a project begun at the foundation of the world when Christ made payment for the sins of all those he intended to save, and carried out over thousands of years, beginning with Abel, all the way to the last soul that was saved before the door of heaven shut on May 21, 2011. 
it was a triumphant day for that reason alone. But not only did God complete the salvation plan that he had set in motion uh, again for thousands of years, but at that point, the kingdom of Babylon fell. The, the kingdom of Satan collapsed. It was fallen because it was defeated. Again, the battleground was the souls of these elect. And never again would God have to send forth his word into enemy hostile territory to evangelize, to seek a lost sheep. The, the battle was done. They were fighting for a particular purpose. And uh, God obtained that purpose, and therefore there's no more reason to continue the battle. The the battle, the long-standing spiritual battle that raged for thousands of years, for millennium, came to a close on May 21, 2011. And at that point, the Lord who um, who loosed Satan, the Lord who permitted him to enter into the churches and officially allowed him to rule over the congregations. That was all God's doing. God is the one who gave him the official title, uh, we could say, to be king over the churches. Well, God took back that, that scepter of rule. And he put down Satan and deposed him. He no longer rules over the church, or over the world. But instead, the Lord Jesus Christ has taken the kingdom, just like the king of the Medes and the Persians took Babylon, or just like Haman was hanged on the 17th day of the second month, and Mordecai reigned over the house of Haman. So Christ now rules over everything that Satan previously ruled over, Only, of course, he's ruling with a rod of iron. He's not ruling for the benefit of those in the church or for the benefit of those in the world. He's ruling to punish, uh, to afflict them uh, uh, with the wages of sin, which is death. And, And so Christ reigns. He is ruling over all that Satan previously ruled over. And the final judgment has gotten underway. There was an enormous change in the world. An enormous change that occurred on May 21, 2011. It's why things seem so different and unusual to the people of God. Yet, it all is a positive change when viewed through the Word of God, the Bible. We, we cannot look at events or look at things that have happened through our own experiences or, or the outward eye. No, we have to look at things through the Bible. And when we do, then we see that God has prevailed. The Word of God has prevailed. It has brought the judgment it declared it would. It has conquered the kingdom of Satan. It has set all the captives free. The Lord Jesus Christ has been greatly exalted and lifted up, and his people with him, as Christ is judging the world, 
And know ye not that ye shall judge the world? The elect are judging the world with him. He is the stone that is smitten the image of the beast, and God's people, the elect, are the living stones that likewise have been involved in that task, and and so forth. It It is a glorious day, much to be remembered. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.